0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Ben. He has spinal muscular atrophy. Let's talk about it. I'm stoked because... um, you know, we, uh, over, the, over the span of the six years that we've done this podcast, uh, we've covered many different illnesses. We've spoken to many yeah. different people, many different uh, experiences that we've heard on the podcast. And uh, today we're talking to you, Ben, Mr. Ben Flossman, uh, all about your experience with SMA, also known as spinal muscular atrophy. And uh, I believe we've only covered this on the podcast once in the past, and it was actually a live show. In Vancouver, so our listeners never got a chance to yeah, tune right. in.
0: Right, yeah. Um,
1: right. And because we lost the audio to oh, that right. episode,
0: God, right. yeah, we had oh, a, to- no. a total
1: fucking meltdown in in the back end of things. <laughs> so crazy. I am I, I am eternally grateful, Ben, that you're taking time out of your day, all the way uh, from from the hipster capital of Canada, Hamilton, Ontario, to uh, sit down with us and talk to us about your experience with SMA. Um, but Ben, I it's been a while since we talked about SMA and, um, and I could use a little refresher and I'm sure that some of our listeners could use a, a bit of a refresher as well. Um, what is SMA and also you have SMA type one. So what are the different types and, and what sets you apart? What makes you special?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me today. First time on a big podcast like this, so it's kind of exciting. Oh, and it's
1: um, but just yeah. the biggest, the biggest podcast. Thanks for that. Definitely. We've got, got at least 10 back. listeners, yeah. so yeah. We're, yeah.
3: we're really yeah. killing it. That's yeah. not bad. That's more than me. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I have SMA type 1. Basically, SMA is a neuromuscular uh, disease that affects around 1 in 6,000 people. Um, and so basically what it does is it affects your motor neurons like in your spine, and sort of prevents the ability for your nerves and your muscles to grow as well um, as everybody else because there's this protein called SMN1. And basically, my body doesn't have that, so my nerves can't grow as well. Um, but SMN1 is a little different because it's like the most, I would say, like extreme of the, I believe there's four types. So as you go up to SMN type 2, 3, and 4, People sort of who have that usually have more function. So right. and even like it might not develop to their thirties, which is kind
1: of interesting. Wow. Okay. So you're oh. saying SMN, which is the gene, right? That's that's the. But SMA is the, the is is the yeah. result of the, the missing gene.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or even like the missing. It's like a protein. I'm yes, not. Right. I'm not right. a doctor.
1: But you know, <laughs> right, right, right. that's yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, that's it, that. Neither are we. That's all we needed. Yeah, uh, no. uh, okay. So, so you're so you were you were born with this. Then this is not something I that was. you that you contract or that you get. You know, as as you develop, you're, you, were your were your folks aware like before you came out of uh, the womb that you were that you were living with SMA or or was that a process that kind of took a little bit of time. Yeah. So
3: they were not actually aware that I had SMA
1: until I'm not even
3: sure if it was like between six and nine months or even older, but they sort of like went to the doctors after, you know, they started realizing that I wasn't, you know, crawling like other kids or, Mm -hmm. or walking or that sort of thing. (laughs) So like, and then, yeah, that's when I was diagnosed. Um, But it's interesting because actually about one in 40 people carry the gene that would cause a child to have SMA. So basically two Whoa. people need to have a kid right? and both of them need to have this gene. right? Okay. So there's approximately a, between what? There's a three in 40 chance that one of you guys have the gene that would cause one right. of the kids to have SMA. I mean,
1: I, I buy those lotto tickets.
3: So it's <laughs> not <laughs> that was a lottery ticket. I'm yeah. in, I'm yeah. fucking in. So it's genetic.
2: Yeah. It's, it's genetic. It's not something, it's not something that's that uh, like we've talked to, um, Uh, you know, we've talked to some people in the past that have, um, um, I'm thinking of, um, I think maybe I'm thinking of muscular dystrophy or cerebral palsy, like these things that have, that have like restrict functional, uh, like Mm -hmm. motor function a lot. And I know that like for, for one of those, I think there's, there's like some type of relationship with, um, with like, uh. Maybe the umbilical cord having some like restriction of oxygen development yeah, or stuff. That's like yeah, CP. Right. So, so, so not something that gets caused because there's like some some type of way that you like develop in utero or anything like that. It's genetic. It's like parents CF. have the gene, just like it's CF. like my mom and dad. You get two people get together, they have the gene, neither of them have SMA. They have a kid, and then there's a you know it's a
0: it's a lottery and it's a lottery in terms there, of the genetic the, if your lottery. kid has it in terms of the genetic lottery it's crazy because like there's a like you said one in forty chance Ben that that. Your one of your parents could be a carrier of the uh, SMA gene or a- yeah. SMN, SMN protein protein what, yeah what protein it gene <laughs> it's a protein gene and uh, and then there's also like the, what's it do you know what Jared do you know what the chances are of cystic fibrosis
1: I don't actually uh I, like of of having the C- CFTR gene I don't yeah. I don't
0: it's crazy though when you think of it there's probably there's probably like a one in a lot less chance mm. that you have some type of but it was gene like that could cause. It was yeah.
2: for CF is one in if you if two people have the gene, there's a twenty. Is it a twenty five percent chance that,
3: uh, that their kids maybe something 50% like fifty percent
0: chance, something like that. Yeah,
3: that's, that's what yeah. that's the same. The same so, as SMA. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. So do you have yeah. a, do you have any siblings, Ben? Yeah, I have two brothers
3: actually, and neither of them have SMA.
0: Okay.
1: All right.
3: Now, and they're now, both younger
1: than me. I take huh. it your parents, before they had you or or your brothers, they were not aware that they were carriers of this gene.
3: No, no, they were not um, at all. No, and mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how they would know, to be honest. Yeah, but, um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: 20- 23 and me. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: if 20, yeah. yeah. If 23 and me existed then. So, so, uh, Ben, how old are you now? I'm 17. Yeah. Okay. Oh, whoa. 17. Dude, you might be, you, you very well might be one of the youngest guests we've ever had on the Actually, show. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't seem wow. 17. You you don't. You I th- you? I I thought yeah, you were going to say like 30. You know, you lo- you lo-
0: you're you're a sh- sh- strapping young man. You've got a better beard than Taylor, sure. so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
2: well, who ha- who has a better and who, who who has a better beard than who? Yeah, yeah. Uh, than oh, the person no. who just made that jab. I, I shave. Um,
1: uh, ben as a 17-year-old, um what mm-hmm. does what does SMA how does it how does it um how does it manifest in your life? Like, what what does it look like for you? What's your day to day? What are the what are the things that you struggle with physically? Like, how it, you know? If right now, we can just we're just looking at you, a talking head on Zoom. Yeah, um, but yeah, if we were if we cool. were hanging out for the day, like, what would that look like?
3: Yeah. So um, generally, you know, one of the main things that I have to deal with, considering my disability, is personal care. Um, I have a like. Basically, I need help doing pretty much everything that a lot of other people would be able to do themselves. So, you know, getting transferred onto the commode to go to the washroom, take a shower, um, eating, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so personal care is a big thing. But then, like, you would also ask if we were to go out on to, like, for a day in town, like, what would be different? You know, and I think um, you would probably notice a lot more how like inaccessible a lot of stores are. Mm. At least a lot of people have said that to me in the past. Like if we have like gone out for the first time or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I'm a pretty regular dude though. It's just sort of like those little things. Like, you know, I sort of have to ask for people to help me with my drink or help me with whatever. So,
0: mm. Yeah.
3: It's pretty Tell-
2: crazy how like we've any, any conversation that we've ever had in the podcast where <clears throat> someone's mobility is restricted the mm-hmm. topic of accessibility is always comes up obviously mm-hmm. yeah and like it 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 is always it is always um it it never ceases to amaze how inaccessible the world is if you're not it, it, you know if you don't have quote unquote typical yeah. like like leg arm function mm-hmm. like you it like just from the simplest things, like something that comes up a lot in conversation, especially with people from Toronto, is like the lip that is the, yes. gap, the yeah. gap that yes. you need to go over every time you enter a store. And like something yeah. that I would, you know, I my brain never picks up because I'm not in that I'm not that's not my situation. And then as soon as you talk to somebody who has mobility issues, it's like this little one inch, two inch.
1: Riser, it, yeah, it really changes the way that you, as an able-bodied person, start to see the world. It, yeah,
0: it, it's yeah. Uh, like even even when I think of it, like so we're we're on the second floor of a building here in Halifax where our studio is, and I was thinking when we were moving into this space, I was like, well, maybe it would be nice to have a spot on the first floor because then if we have somebody who's coming in to record yeah. and they need um access, they need accommodations for accessibility, that would be beneficial. But then you realize that even outside of the building yeah. there's like three steps to, to get, get in. up into the building yeah. Yeah. so that yeah. doesn't really yeah. help make it any easier Ben
1: do you do you, uh, do you like in terms of your mobility and stuff like do you do you use a power chair do you do you use a walker like how do you how, what is your mobility Yeah
3: yeah and I, yeah so I use a power chair um because I'm not like really able to move that much like I like play video games and I play the drums and stuff but Sweet. like, um, my like I have like contractures in my arms and stuff. Um, it, it would be sort of like similar to muscular dystrophy or um something like that, except maybe even a, a bit more extreme.
0: Mm.
3: Um, do you play War Person? Do you,
0: How do, you play do you play Warzone?
3: Yeah. do I play Warzone? Uh, I've been honestly, I've been playing a lot of two K recently. Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> okay. um, All right and uh been a fortnight with my friends too how, right? how do
1: you how do you play the drums what, what does that look like
3: yeah so like i don't know maybe i could send you like a video later for yeah. better you know yes please. Explanation. but uh but basically like um my hands sort of like are rotated inwards so i i sort of my right hand has more maneuverability than my left um and my wrists like i have control over so it's sort of just about positioning, like my arms onto my leg or, or something, so that I can, you know, reach everything. Um, but I can't play like the kick drum at all. Right. So yeah. I sort of have to. Are you more you know, of, adapt for that?
1: Are you more of like a like a slow jazz kind of player, or like, or or or, or yeah, that kind of shit, or is it? uh yeah. Do you prefer to like beat the shit out of those drums like a like a John Bonham type?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, sometimes I try to, you know. Uh, exhibit my inner John Bonham, but uh, you know I would say mostly I'm a pretty uh, pretty light drummer. Like I do really like jazz, um, hip hop, rock. You know, like um, but yeah, I'm not like I'm not like a super heavy-handed individual,
1: right? Right. No I uh, I'm I'm curious to know. A bit, so you know, it's it's not often that we get to talk to someone who is so youthful like yourself. Um, I mean, we talk to people who have a youthful spirit, but you, you really are in your youth. and
2: Truly um, embodied.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, one of the things that, that sort of comes to mind uh, for me in talking to you and knowing that you, sh- you struggle with mobility and, and, you know, moving about the world, um, you, I mean, you are still a kid. And, and yeah. having, being so close to that time in your life, um, I can imagine that it's not hard for you to kind of recall back to when you were, you were a bit younger. And just thinking about, like, um, when we were kids, Brian and Tay, like, when it came to making friends and and fostering friendships, especially when you're a child, a big part of that is, like, physical play, right? Like, like being outdoors, running around, getting into mischief, that kind of shit –
0: um, yeah, but not anymore, dude. It's now. It's about Snapchat streaks and shit. I, like, yeah, uh, I guess so. I guess we are living at a different time. But yeah, but, but Ben's but, fine, man. Yeah. He can snap people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but nice. I, I, I do feel like I do feel like physical play really really still is a big part of yeah. of fostering relationships as a child, and so definitely, for someone definitely. who has such struggles with with the ability to to throw yourself into physical play, um, how how do you navigate that with, with your disability? And, and how did that play out as a, as a younger Ben and even to, to today as a 17-year-old? As
3: yeah, that's a really good question. And, um, you know, it was difficult, um, especially as a kid when you're, like, you know, between the ages of, like, 5 and, like, 12 because, as you said, everything social is based on physical activity. Yeah. So whether yeah. that be, you know, playing soccer outside of recess or any of that but that being said like I did especially as a kid try to find a lot of ways to adapt and my parents were also really good for that as well so you know I was in swimming lessons um I you know participated in gym class Uh, I would often like in soccer I'd often be like goalie and stuff but um it is true like generally as my childhood progressed like getting into my teen years, I sort of had more of an opportunity to um, I guess facilitate those relationships because then sort of people's interests start to change and they start to, you know, like I, I joined a lot of clubs in high school and I met a lot of people um, but definitely was like uh, I would say a struggle just because you have to adapt so much yeah. to so many, you know, kids' activities.
2: Yeah, is it is it something that is it something that you, that you saw, like, did you notice at all? And maybe, and maybe not because you're, you're also, you know, you're in it. So it's hard, it might be hard to like see the development, but was there, was there, um, you know, if you look back at, you know, when you started school to now, like, has there been, I don't know if advancements are the word, but like, how has it, has it, has it progressed in the way that, um, like accommodations, uh, have been made in order to facilitate more like physical, uh, like physical play or physical, like, um, whether it's, um, like going to camp or, uh, like, or participating in some way in, in a sport or something, uh, like, has that progressed from the time that you were like a small child to to now? Like, is it easier to, 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 to -hmm. accommodate that?
3: Like I would say, overall, uh, in a, you know, like a broader sense, I don't see massive differences mm. in the school mm. system or whatever. Like I don't think that you know, at least where I live, I don't think the school system really enables the participation mm. of disabled students. Like I, I can't tell you how many times, um, I've they've ordered the wrong <laughs> bus for me, you know, an mm. inaccessible bus to go on a field trip and just not been able to go. Oh, but fuck. um. I know it's crazy, but like in a lot of instances though, um, I, I do see improvement like sort of on a smaller level and like one, one such improvement I would say is Muskoka um, woods, which is like a camp that I actually worked at back in July. Um, and so they recently have really been expanding their accessibility program. And so, you know, as a kid with a disability, they're starting to, bring kids in with disabilities to go to the same camp as, you know, just able-bodied kids, which I think is, is mm. so vital because, um, you know, in the past, like I went to some other camps that were only for people with disabilities. Yeah, right. And so that is sort of like, you know, in a way it's a little bit alienating because totally all alienating. of your friends are going to one place and you have to go to another and they're not allowed mm. to come with you and you're not not allowed to go with them. Yeah. So to be able to have that is great.
0: I do this uh, mental exercise. Sometimes I've talked to you guys, Tay and Jared, about this before in terms of like me being an able-bodied person, imagining what it would be like to uh, live with a disability where you could envision a world where, you know, uh, half the people could fly. They had the ability to fly. And if there was this camp where it was only, um, accessible for people who could fly and, I was quote unquote normal like I am now. Then I wouldn't be able to go to that, and that would be mm. such a bummer because it would be really fun to go to a camp yeah. where you mm. could fly. And if you like,
2: and if you you know, Brian, I know you have, and Jer, I know you have, and I have. When you're when you're out of when you're out of commission because of a an injury that you that you have, yeah. and you know you're laid up on the couch, can't you know? I broke my pelvis. It's like I can't I can't do anything. And I can get myself into a walker or a wheelchair, but then, you know, com- c- going back to the accessibility conversation, all of a sudden, being thrust into that mindset of like, "Oh shit, going here, going there, doing this, doing that takes <coughs> so much more thought process. Yeah. There's so much more so much more planning that goes into it, or or can I or can't I, because I'm, I want to go to this place?" And I uh, and, and I'm and I'm thinking you know, ahead of time. What are I'm almost like envisioning the path
0: mm-hmm. to yeah. get
2: there and going yeah. and going. Yeah. What are the obstacles that will present
0: themselves along well, that path? It's, it's even like having a having a dog. You know, like having a pet, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, everything. can I go yeah. there or not? Yeah, like, right. what do I have to do to accommodate my dog when I'm going to those places? Yeah. It, it's
1: one thing though for us to put ourselves into uh, the shoes of Ben in. In a position, you know, like we, we have spent, I've spent 33 years of my life with the ability to walk around to, you know, physically take myself into any place or uh, space that I want to. And, you know, say I suffer an injury and all of a sudden I can't do that. And it's like, it's, it's, it becomes this daunting, extraordinarily frustrating position to be in. But that's because I'm not used to it. Yeah. And so Ben, like you've lived this with this your entire life, and not to take away from the frustrations that I'm sure come with that, um, mm. but because you, you, it's so normal for you to yeah. live the life that you live, um, I I can imagine that it's not nearly as frustrating as it would be for one of us, Not right? Way. Right. Yeah. Well, but,
2: I mean, it, 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 it no, the, the, no. those, the,
1: those instances just allow us like yes. a, a
2: view into a view into the experience. But my,
1: my point to that, my point to that was to, to throw a question to you, Ben, which is that, um, you know, in those instances when the wrong bus shows up and you are now yeah. forced to miss out, um, how do you manage and deal with the frustrations that come with that And, and, and art, like, do do you get frustrated? Do you find yourself like sometimes sitting, sitting at home or sitting, you know, wherever you are and and thinking like, fuck me, man. Like I I don't, I, this isn't, this isn't the life I want to live or this isn't, I wish I was, I wish I was different. Like, do you have those thoughts? And and if so, how do you, how do you deal with them? How do you manage it?
3: Yeah. And I think what you said, like, is really uh, true. Like it is just my normal my normal life but it's experiences like those where mm. where the you know the bus doesn't show up or you know uh, let's say a nurse doesn't show up and and you know that sort of thing that remind me that I have a disability right because I think like ultimately like disability is not something that has to be a a bad thing like I, I I love my life as it is um and I think it like my life can be improved by more supports from society mm-hmm. uh but i mean you know what, what you said about do i have those moments where i sit down and i'm like damn like that's messed up like yeah of course i do you know um and and there are times when i get down about my situation but sort of something that helps me deal with that is to think about you know the opportunities that i have and i think like that's something that i've always um sort of lived by to try to just like be positive about what i do have Mm. um and like for example like if i didn't have a disability you know i may not i'm not saying would not but may not have the same opportunity to participate in certain speaking engagements that i've participated in Mm. or even to be on this podcast you know what i mean so it's Mm. like it's sort of like i i do see that through disability yeah there's major drawbacks but there are also a a few positives that i think it is beneficial for my mind to Mm -hmm. focus on hell yeah that's a powerful yeah Yeah. totally
2: and we've talked to so like i mean every through the through the whole like through the whole history of the show talking talking to people about whatever they're dealing with Mm -hmm. we we've often talked about how you know when you when you are living with something that you know forces you to forces you to adapt and and change depending on the situation the circumstance that people generally and this applies to all people you know r- regardless is you have you basically have a ch- a choice and sometimes that choice is very hard or very murky uh, and unclear to to make but you mm-hmm. could you could go you could go dark or you could go light yeah and 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 i I am sure that it's not that it's not easy to develop the capacity or the like the the state of mind to choose more often than not. I'm sure that there are days where it's where it just fucking sucks but the, to choose that that positive state where you see like every you know, every, everything that somebody lives with, it, it, it giveth and it taketh. Like you, like you said, you have, yeah. it, you know, there's 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 moments where that wall goes up, and it's like, oh, this, you know, I was going along, and I have my supports in place, and X Y Z is is there, and then all of a sudden, this bus shows up, and it's not the right bus, and all of a sudden, boom, reminder, I can't go and do this, and I can't go and do this because of this, and yeah. and this yeah. thing didn't happen, and then to and then to have to like rally from that and try to go down that mental path of 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 positivity in a, in a, in a in a time where that's like a really challenging path to take mentally to see things through like a positive lens mm-hmm. when especially w- those times when when that wall comes up and you're, you yeah. you you're you're reminded that you know you're living with something that 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 limits your your ability to do certain things
0: mm-hmm. we go for it right well i wanted to ask i uh, uh, i'm curious about like going back to um when you were like 5 or 6 starting school uh mm-hmm. I, what was that like sort of was that the moment when you started to realize like oh i um have i live life a little a little bit differently than the kids that i go to school with or or my friends or my 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 siblings um was that the moment when you started to realize that it was that it was a bit different for you, or do you recall what that moment was like?
3: Yeah, like I, I think that moment was actually a little earlier in life. Um, it definitely like really sunk in in school when you started to see like your peers do things that you can't do, or at least can't do in the same way that they do them. But I think it set out a bit earlier because, like, as a kid, um, you know, having a disability, my uh, my lungs are a lot weaker than the average person so you know i was it. in and out of yeah oh yeah wait you have um i was reading about this but, yeah. cystic
1: fibrosis yeah bro fibrosis. I'm, I'm with you dude i hear it yeah <laughs> struggle's real.
3: I, yeah but yeah but like as a kid you know like i was in and out of hospital a lot um before the age of five and um so like that's sort of when i started to realize you know mm-hmm. like when my brothers were my brothers are younger than me and Sort of when they were at home all the time, and then I was sort of like in and out of hospital, and that—that's when I started to realize, like, you know, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: did did your parents talk to you about that? Like, were there were there conversations with with your parents about it?
3: Yeah, like like looking back on it, or
0: yeah, I, I mean, I the reason why I ask the question is because I think of Jerry's story. Um, there's a specific moment where Jerry you talk about like finding out. That cystic fibrosis uh limits your life expectancy, but it mm. wasn't a conversation that you had with your parents it was something that you read in a pamphlet mm-hmm. and so i I always wonder when we talk to people who are who are born with a certain condition, um mm-hmm. what the conversation is like with their parents growing up like is there sort of just this mesh of like I can't really remember when they started talking to me about it because that's what they've always done, or there was this moment where they sat you down when you came of of age at yeah. a point where you like could, the like, sex understand. talk yeah. yeah it's like like yeah. you, yeah. you you yeah. you all you always remember yeah. the sex talk <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. yes yeah.
3: yes what, no, i wouldn't a... say it was like i wouldn't say it was like like you know the talk but it was like sort of it was like a gradual thing mm-hmm. so you know as i got older and i started to realize more about my past or at least think about it more critically i started to ask you know like what was that like? And actually, like, as a kid, I wasn't projected to, to live past life. So, like, that was really hard on on my family. But, yeah, I guess I'm lucky.
0: Think of your favorite one-hit wonder.
1: Or that overpriced toy your parents would never
0: let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon
2: Um, and, and this is, this is, this is ultimately a better question for your, for your parents. Um, and we, and, you know, we have conversations on the podcast with, um, you know, with, uh, with parents and with caretakers and things like that. It, have you ever had that? Have you ever had a conversation with your parents around like what it was, what it was like for, what it was like for them to, Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, they, they learn at whatever nine months, whenever, whenever the. Whenever the sort of like hints start dropping that there's something that there's something that uh, is 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 not excuse me that's not right and that they need to you know take you to the doctor and have tests done or whatever it is like what that what that's like for them to 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 realize like oh we we need we need to we need to approach Ben in a from a different angle because there's there's this he has SMA. him in these
3: ways. Yeah, yeah, Mm. Yeah, like um, I. You know, not to speak for you, mom or dad, if you're listening, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure that they would say. Definitely, there are moments when they, um, sort of realize my disability more.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, one instance was in actually in the beer store, <laughs> funny enough, and um, <laughs> my dad was—I don't know—I was with her with my dad as a young kid, and some like some guy, like, walked up to me and was. Or no, he actually, he walked up to my dad and he was like, yo, like, what's wrong with your son? Just like said that. Fuck. And my dad was like, I don't know what's wrong with you. We just walked away. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it is hard as a parent to sort of see that, um, see that, you know, some of your kids are doing sports and stuff. And then, and then you know, I'm not as much. Mm-hmm. But even even earlier on as a kid, being in and out of hospital, I think was, was really hard, um, for them, you know, because they didn't know what was going to happen. It was a very uncertain time. And Mm. also to sort of keep up that brave face for me, um, which I really like commend them for Mm -hmm. because, you know, like I was, I was still a very happy child Mm -hmm. and I thank them for that.
1: Do you, you, uh, Ben, I mean, I, I, I really, I gotta say like as a 17 year old, to, to be able to speak about your illness the way that you do, I'm, I'm a little bit envious because when I was your age, um, I had a really hard time talking about living with mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis. And one of, the, one of the reasons we started this podcast was because mm-hmm. um, throughout my life, what I noticed was that when the topic of my illness came up in the conversation... Um oftentimes people kind of like clam up, they get a bit awkward. It's like hard for them to have a conversation with me about the thing that I'm going through. And yes. and I've always kind of especially when I was younger, I was always looking for ways to like make that easier not only for me but also for the people that I'm having that conversation with. And you seem to be very you seem to very be very skilled at talking about your experience with, uh, spinal muscular atrophy, Mm -hmm. um, how, how has that, what has that experience been like for you in terms of having those conversations with people who may not know much about SMA and, and what do you do to kind of make those conversations more easeful, um, and to, to kind of advocate slash educate, um, folks about what it is that you go through on a day-to-day basis? Yeah,
3: I think there's like two main, ways that I've sort of like learned how to talk about my disability. One is through like public speaking um, because like I've, I've spoken publicly about my disability and sort of, it's been like a gradual thing. Um, Like early in my life, I had a lot of really good role models. My uncle is a paraplegic and um, he, you know, sort of taught me why it's important to, to share to share your story, Mm. um, or at least to be open about it, to make other people comfortable. And I think, um, one thing that always encourages me to advocate and explain is to realize that, you know, those looks that I would get in McDonald's as a child or by that guy in the beer store, um, sort of happen less when it's a less taboo subject, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and if I can, if I can educate people in a way that, you know, they're more comfortable w- with my disability, um, it's sort of just, you know, I hope that I will help someone in my position in the future, especially a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be one thing. Like, the, that's the motivator. And then, like, another way I sort of make people comfortable is through, like, humor. Like you know, me and my friends joke about it all the time, um, like my disability, and so I think being able to have that level of like comfortability where I'm okay if we just joke around about it, uh, I think really allows people to at least see me in a different light or just yeah, just be more comfortable around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humor, so,
2: humor, humor is huge. Do you, do you ever have do you do you I'm do you have moments where where you go like fuck why is this my responsibility right now to make you feel comfortable you know like why is that thrust upon me you know it's your experience you like like we alluded to earlier when you're born with something it's you can go probably long periods of time where you don't really think about it because it's you and it's yeah. your and it's your thing and then and then and then all of a sudden there's somebody who's acting weird because they don't know how to how to be, how to be
0: <laughs> and
2: and then it's and then it's your responsibility, and then you feel like it's your responsibility to care, to like, for them. To like coddle this person. Yeah, which I know, which there is a lot of positives to it. Like you said, that, you know, getting your message out there, and then so that you know the next person, the person that hasn't had maybe the same experience that you've had, or is younger than you, and is kind of is learning, um, learning how to be comfortable in their in their body and in their skin, you know. That's the positive side of it. But do you ever have those times where you're just like, fuck, why do I have to do this for you? Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. No, and I, I would say that I have them less now. Like I did a lot as a kid, like other kids would come up and ask me, you know, like, oh, like, why are you like this? And, and I would like blow it off. Uh, actually, one time I told a kid that um, I served a tour
0: in Iraq. Why, uh, yes, uh, yes yes i <laughs> uh, love that uh, but uh you know thank you for your service other like that, shark that.
2: attack yeah. i was i was yeah. in the ocean yeah. shark, yeah. shark yeah. bit down on yeah. my lower my lumbar spine and here we are
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the kid was just like wait wait really i, I, I got, but, got the scars
2: on my back but i can't i can't show you yeah. because of the because of you know because of the yeah. thing but you're I, just I, gonna have to yeah play. you know
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i know so yeah, I, I did get frustrated and and do things like that, that you know, when I was younger. But I, I think like, I like I I don't really have those experiences as much in terms of like social situations, mm-hmm. um, because like most people, at least like most people my age, are already pretty comfortable like around me. Like sometimes I have to explain, but it doesn't really bother me too much mm-hmm. um, anymore. To do be you, honest,
2: do you feel like do you feel like the the, do you feel like society has has uh has like has changed at all in the way that in the way that people are comfortable um we know with 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 people's disabilities like I'd like to think that over the course of the time that we've been doing this show that that something has changed I mean that's sort of like the the point mm-hmm. of what we do um yeah. but I also know that it's a big wide world out there. And mm-hmm. there's plenty of people that have never listened to this show, and and, and aren't in this headspace at all. Like, what, what, what's what's your view on on how on how society at large has sort of like shifted, or ha- or have they shifted at all in that in that sort of like comfort level to you know to 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 to, to just be to just be normal? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> no, and it's really hard to know. That's the thing, like because I would get more like attention as a as a as a younger kid um from like strangers, you know? Um and so maybe there has been more education and you know like people with disabilities I would say are are more represented in uh media than they were when I was a, when I was a really young kid. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe there has but I would also say it depends on where you go in the world. Yeah. Like um like my family has a place or at least my grandparents like have have a place in the Czech Republic. And so when we go over there, um, Hmm. you know, like I do find that I catch more, more stares in that, but I would say in Canada, like public perception of very obvious disability, at least in my experience has become uh, better, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you travel a lot? I, I, I don't know about a lot. I would say like, Obviously, the pandemic has pretty much shut it down.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but before that, I would travel, um, like you know, every year, every couple of years.
1: What What has your experience been like as a disabled person in travel? And 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 yeah. and, and on top of that, do you have any like Do you have any tips for people who are living with with disabilities any when hacks? it comes to Yeah, when it comes to travel, Brian really like loves hacks. a good hack.
3: <clears throat> um, the main uh, hacks. Man, I don't know about hacks, but I would say the main thing is planning, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. as we said earlier, like you just got to like, yeah, it's just really a lot of planning that has to go into it. Um, and, you know, I'm I've, I've very supportive people in my life. I sort of allowed it allowed me to travel like my parents, you know, really support me. Um, for example, when I go to when I when I go to Europe, um, I usually bring a manual chair because um the airline actually at least that I usually go on or have been on in the past doesn't allow you to drive your chair out of the plane
0: mm, which yeah. is
3: kind of crazy because you know I have to sit in the seat for you know 8 hours that's pretty uncomfortable um and you know I'm not able to be mobile there's no like accessible washroom on the plane yeah, so right, right. You know, what we always used to do was um, we would like have a urinal and then they would uh, I would like tell the flight attendant that I was like, do it like getting my meds or something. And then I would like lie down across the seats and, you know, use the urinal. We have like a curtain and everything.
1: That's a hack. But it's <laughs> Yeah, that's a hack.
3: That's, I guess. that's
1: an ultimate <laughs> hack well, I'm like, no. um, just uh, no. just back here taking my meds uh, th- nothing happening here, just taking my meds
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: no, I know it's a hack, but then again, you need someone to help you, or at least in my situation yeah. I yeah. needed somebody to help me with it like, in terms of independent travel um, you know, I mean, I guess I would need somebody any anyway, but it's not like that person is provided at all Mm, When you, you know, want to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you, um, so your parents obviously play a pretty big role in, in supporting you to, as you mentioned, like go to the bathroom, roll over if you have to, do you, do you have a, another caretaker that, that works with you, uh, through the week regularly, regularly? You got it. Yeah. There you go.
3: Yeah. So I have a, I'm nursing during the night for like eight hours. Um, and they turn me and stuff machines. And I got with like a BiPAP at night and all that. And then I have like a PSW in the mornings. Um, PSW stands for personal support worker, for those listening who don't know. Um, and they basically just like help me uh, get up and get showered. So right now i got around nine hours a week, but you know, I am looking to, to go off to school mm. uh, in January. So that'll be a whole a whole new experience for me. We'll have to get a lot more care in. Um, what, what, what's the
2: what's the relationship like with a uh, with a uh, with an with the nurse or or with the PSW? Like what? Like is that a is it a is it is it transactional? Is it like it, you know? Do you develop a friendship with that person? Like how is that? How does that shake out? I guess it's different from person to person. But in your experience,
3: yeah, and I, I think it really depends on the person sometimes you have people come in who you really don't want to be friends with, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, like, ultimately, like, everybody that I have right now um, who, who's working with me um, are really great. And I wouldn't say necessarily, like, a really close friendship where we would, you know, meet outside of, like, office hours. Right. But, you know, it's sort of like, you know, like a work friend. If you were to work a student job. Mm. Sort of like that, you know. Right. I would say
1: you're. Uh, so you just said that you're going to university, and and that's a uh, a for anybody, regardless of whether whether they're able bodied or not. That's a big transition in life, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that your university is not in your hometown, correct?
3: No, it is up in Ottawa. I'm hoping to go to Carleton. <clears throat> university. What's up?
0: Ravens. Uh, yeah. Ravens, yeah, Ravens. Se- two,
2: two semester, two semester bride. They call him at at, uh, at Carlton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you we
0: went a couple classes. Uh, too, didn't I, got, um, I got a
2: I got a one semester title to my name at, at Ottawa U. So
1: <laughs> your this transition that you're about to go through what does that look like? I mean, obviously your parents are going to be coming, aren't going to be coming with you. That's an assumption, but I'm, 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 I'm saying that's a pretty safe assumption. Um, Oh, definitely a safe assumption. Yeah. So what's the, what has like, you know, how are you feeling about that? What's the, are you, are are you nervous about the transition? Is it, is it something that you feel like you're, you're going to have a lot of hurdles to kind of jump through to, to make that smooth?
3: Yeah. And I've actually already had, you know, a lot of hurdles because I'm actually online for the first semester, and maybe I'll get into why that is later. But um, in terms of Carlton, like the good thing about Carlton is normally, you know, not in the COVID world, they provide, um, you know, support, which is really great. So it's basically 24 hour on call support by workers that care, which is pretty amazing um so at least for university i'm not super worried about it but you know there are that like once in a while i'll think about like when i move up how am i gonna go get groceries you know like how am i gonna do this mm-hmm. so independent living will be you know, like a a huge huge adjustment
0: yeah to be fair jared um, jared uh, just forward. orders uber eats every day so you can yeah this probably is true, I like, oh, you probably just do like you don't need to go yeah. get groceries I, I, mean, I don't i don't think i'm I don't think i have that type of money, (laughs) Jerry. Neither neither do I. Yeah, neither do I. Jerry's Uber Eats is connected to our uh, sick boy email, so about like seven times a day, we get an email (laughs) notification. Your Uber Eats has arrived.
1: Ben, uh, you had said earlier that your you know your parents were told that your life expectancy was five years. Um, Yeah. And so has that has that changed? Obviously it's changed. You're 17 now. You've, you've shattered that record. Um, yeah. What is, what is your, your life expectancy now? Um, or, or do you, is that even like a a, a a topic of conversation between you and your healthcare providers?
3: Like, yeah. So basically what, what the doctor said to my parents, when like they, when he first told them about, you know, when I got diagnosed and my life expectancy, expectancy you no. Know, your son probably won't live past five but if he does then there are no like limits to his life expectancy compared oh. to the average person so the reason I, I guess that it's before five is just because of like immune comp- complications because okay. i don't have like the same muscles to to cough so i got like i got h1n1 huh. when i was um, oh shit whoa Yeah. Like I got H1N1 when I was like a young kid and you know, I I got over it. I went to the hospital for it and stuff, but that's sort of one of the, I would say one of the reasons why it's, why it's low. Wow.
1: Wow. Okay. Crazy. So, well, first of all, congratulations. You're still alive. Thanks. Um, I know, (laughs) Uh, Something we can all celebrate every day. That's right. (laughs) Uh, uh, Ben, you, you know, the, you're you're somebody who definitely is like just radiating positivity and uh and like resilience and and gratitude um and i just want to say that like i'm i'm grateful that that we had this chance to sit and and chat with you today um uh it's been really fun to like talk to you and get to know you a little bit and and i'm excited i'm excited to like to keep up with your journey as you, as you transition into school into this next chapter of your life. Um, uh, before we, before we wrap things up, I, I want to ask you a question that we ask, um, most of our guests, which is it's a two part question. So the, the first one is, what would you say, um, your experience with SMA has, what would you say is the biggest thing that your experience with SMA has taken away from you?
3: Um, um hmm. the biggest thing that it's taken away I would say probably the biggest thing that it's taken away from me is just like the most obvious thing. Um, and that is like my physical function. Mm-hmm. And that sort of you know ebbs into all parts of life in in a different way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um and we've talked about a lot of them already, um, but generally just the loss of my physical function overall
1: mm. what would you say is the biggest thing that SMA has given you
3: uh, I would say the biggest thing that it's given me is you know the mindset that we've sort of talked about throughout this podcast um, in terms of resiliency um, is probably the biggest thing that's given to me because I think that having that resiliency and sort of drive to I guess have a good life regardless of the circumstances I think will propel me to be successful whatever that may mean for me personally Mm.
1: dude mindset's a gift hell yeah man uh again I'm I'm grateful that we got a chance to meet you and to get to know you a little bit um and if any of us are in Ottawa uh in the in the near future we'll be sure to hit you up dude because it's uh it, it would be a pleasure to to hang out in real life. Absolutely, absolutely.
3: You can uh DM me or whatever. But yeah, it's been uh really great to meet you guys and Thank you for your very insightful questions,
0: Jerry will hit you up on Snapchat. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Oh yeah, no, Shee. no cap. I'm, I'm with it. I, I'm, I know, I know all yeah. the, all the, the, the uh, Gen yeah. Z talk. Hey, I'm cool. Uh, uh, ben, can you? Are you allowed to drink? I'm cool. I'm yeah. well, allowed to drink. I mean, yeah, I mean I, well, the, wait, like, wait, legally hold on. Legally or not, legally not. Or
0: not but, I know, but, like, but like, like, yeah, off the record, but on the record, because this is yeah. a podcast. Off um, yeah, the record, okay. on the
1: record, you know,
3: depends on the circumstance and. No God knows, right
1: beside Ottawa. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I I lived by that a
3: little
2: bit back. When's your birthday, buddy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I guess the but but actual real question, real question though, uh, like is, is are you? Are you able to? Are you like with your SMA? Are you able to have like a uh, you know you know beer or two? or Whatever, watching the game, hanging out, <laughs> watching
3: the game. Well, I not killed
1: me yet, so I assume so. All right, <laughs> okay. There's our, there's our <laughs> answer. Uh, ben, thanks, thanks a lot, man. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you guys. Talk to you soon. There you have it, folks. That was our lovely conversation with Ben. Young, sweet, youthful Ben. Uh, Really, really had a great time with him. So glad we had a chance to connect. And Ben, like I said, I'm so stoked for your next chapter in life. And uh, can't wait to see the things that you do in this world because uh, you really are a shining star. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen and all folks that have been tuning in, thank you. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button because it means the world to us. And uh, if you're tuning in over at the CBC Listen app, well, thank you very much. Um, The podcast can be reached, if you want to hit us up, at letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, If you have any thoughts you want to send our way, send it there. And if you want to be a guest on the show, feel free to head to sickboypodcast.com slash contact, and you can fill out the future guest form. We'd love to hear your story. Sick Boy Podcast is brought to you by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Brian Stever, Taylor McGilvery, and of course, producer Lauren Sankey. It's managed by Jeffrey Lonis at Talent Bureau. Sound design is brought to you by our friend Donovan the Meerkat Morgan all the way over on Prince Edward Island. Thanks, buddy. And of course, the theme music for today's episode was brought to you by Take Part. That is it for this week, folks. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.